Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbercast, the only baseball podcast in the world off the waiver wire and headed to Ohio. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Thank goodness. Uh, This is actually confusing. I guess I didn't get the memo. I am sitting here in your backyard, Jake Mintz, sitting right next to you. Yep. Uh, We are here back home in the D.C. area for a wedding for one of our longest friends coming up on Sunday. So we're here in the same place, which means we get the podcast in the same place. But the reason I say that is that I just flew here. Yesterday from Ohio, uh, and I and I, I got here, and everyone's like, "No, no, everyone's going to Ohio. Where, where are you going? You, Lucas Giolito, Harrison Bader, ships in the night, baby. Yeah, yeah. So I missed. Uh, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing out on the uh, the welcome parade, the welcome party mm. uh, in the OHIO. But we are of course going to talk about the waiver wire bonanza of yesterday afternoon, which to call it a bonanza is weird because it just kind of happened. Like we all knew it was coming, <laughs> and then suddenly a bunch of players were on new teams. Only teams in Ohio. There was no ESPN special. <laughs> there quite. was no grand reveal. There were no, yeah. you know, top three candidates. No, yeah. no show to it. Just they, some tweets. Yeah, they should have had LeBron announce uh, that he's taking Hunter Renfro's talents to Great American Ballpark. Wow, that would have been great. Uh, on this episode, this Friday edition of Baseball Barbiecast, we are going to talk about all those new players on new teams. We're going to talk about the White Sox new GM. Can you believe they hired Chris Getz? Yes. Can you believe it? I can believe it too. Jerry Reinsdorf actually spoke. He like sat in front of a microphone just like us and said some things that some of which you're going to talk about jerry was spit jerry was uh yeah he he was i mean bars as they say Um, uh it's september jake holy crap it's september 1st so we have some september call-ups to talk about excited to talk about jason dominguez ryan mauricio finally something exciting for new york baseball teams a top prospect josh donaldson getting a call from milwaukee really excited to see what he has to offer in this postseason stretch and then of course it is friday so we will deliver the good the bad and the ugly uh but jake mintz we must begin with the birds chirping above us mm. we are in jake's backyard as i mentioned we'll see what other sound effects we get over the course of this episode uh let's begin with uh, the uh, guardian angels i think we've got to begin with the guardian angels the right guardian it's only angels it's only fair as we all knew when we spoke on wednesday kind of uh, digesting what had just happened which is the angels putting six players on waivers five of them were claimed and uh, four of them are going to Ohio. Three of them. The three probably most appealing, uh, clearly most appealing because Randall Gritchick did not get claimed, uh, <laughs> Lucas Giolito, right-handed pitcher, his friend and eternal travel companion, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore, who's just really good, like a really good left-handed pitcher, all get claimed by the Cleveland Guardians. Jordan, less than a month ago, you got married in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez <laughs> next? I mean, it's, I would say it's yes. time to tie the knot. Yeah, for well, the two of them. Oh, they absolutely. Came up together with the Washington Nationals, traded together to the Chicago White Sox for Adam Eaton, mm-hmm. which is still hilarious. Mm-hmm. They spend a half decade together in Chicago earlier this year, traded together to Anaheim and claimed off waivers by the Guardians hand in hand till death do they part. They will both hit free agency <laughs> yes. this offseason. Is let me let me put it this way. If Lucas signs before Reynaldo, does he call Reynaldo? Mm-hmm. And say like, "Hey, just want to let you know, I'm signing with yeah. the Diamondbacks, yeah, or whatever." You, it's a great. You should come along. It's a great question. Um, I'm not sure if they have the same agency, although for some reason I feel like they do. 
But either way, uh, that is easily going. You know, after Otani, I think whether Lucas and Lopez right. stay together this winter will certainly be one of the biggest narratives to watch. It's like Super Smash characters who are tan, like the ice, oh, yeah, the the ice, ice climbers. I feel <laughs> like the ice climbers. The ice climbers. Yeah, can't have one without the other. But okay, so let's let's talk about the Cleveland. And by the way, Matt Moore is just like a good lefty reliever. I mean, when you're a good reliever on a bad team. Truly, nobody notices or cares, especially if you're not the closer. Like right. nobody is, knows you exist. His, but Matt Moore is just like having a really good season. And his last act as an angel was giving up Bryce Harper's 300th home run this week. Great call, great. great call. So here's what is so fascinating about this, Jake. This just hit me. I mean, I digested. I you know, I was traveling yesterday, and I was like, oh well, Cleveland. Cleveland and the Cleveland and Anaheim have the same record. <laughs> so, so you say, okay, well, why did Cleveland do this? And the answer is two words. Cole Calhoun. What? What are you talking about? Cole Calhoun hit a dramatic home run earlier this week in a series victory over Minnesota, the extremely average division leader that Cleveland is technically trying to chase down. And in making these claims to get Giolito Lopez and more, they're basically saying, and they basically said this as, as, as much yesterday, um, Tito, some of the guys on the team asked about you know some of these, some of these moves. Uh, they're like, screw it. This division sucks ass. Uh, I know we sort of punted by trading like our only reliable starter in Aaron Savali at the deadline, but we're five games back, and like this is an all-time showing of disrespect to the Minnesota Twins. Yes, <laughs> which I kind of love. I, I it's it's kind of great, but you know we were wondering, oh, would the Padres you know be delusional enough to still claim some of these guys? No, it seems like they finally died this week. They they accepted their death this week for the first time. Someone tied AJ Preller down to a chair. <laughs> Tommy Edmonds said, "Good night, Padres. Your night. season is over." Uh, but but Cleveland, like, yeah, what do you what do you make of Cleveland kind of making this this push here? I I think it's kind of hilarious. It's two point five million dollars. Oh yeah, for a shot at glory. Yeah, for a small, tiny shot to chase down the Twins. And I would imagine, let's talk about Giolito first. Yeah, I would imagine that Cleveland's incredible pitching development apparatus sees something in Lucas Giolito. One quick trick can make him into Lucas Giolito again. I would not be shocked if they unlock something. They, they couldn't do it with with Syndergaard, and that's okay. And and it is worth saying, like, let's be honest about our friend Lucas. He did not pitch very well for the for the Angels of Anaheim. Is that the reason why they went in the toilet over the last month? No, but he certainly wasn't helping. I'm going to buy a Giolito Angels jersey, I think. <laughs> I think that's a jersey I need. Oh man, yeah, that one's gonna that one's gonna hit pretty hard. At... Because the funny thing is they definitely sold them in the team store. Yeah. Because they traded him uh, and it was like Ooh, that's interesting. They traded for probably, him and it was like a yeah. huge deal. Yeah, that's, like, no, that's, that's probably true. Um I, I, I agree with you. And again, you know, you look at the the Cleveland rotation right now, they're still waiting on Bieber and McKenzie coming back. They have these three awesome rookies, Williams, Bybee, and Allen. Xavier Curry, another young pitcher who's kind of he's been okay, but he struggled. But Giolito would certainly would certainly yeah. help there. And then, but to, to that point, like it's just, I they they needed the the depth. They they thought they were getting that with Syndergaard. He was so bad, and now they win this one series against Minnesota. They're just like five games, sure. Whatever. Yeah, they could finish five games better than the Twins in September. That's totally not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. But I do think it was weird for a lot of people to see these players go to the Guardians, a team that. We had mostly shoved out of our minds. Yes. Yeah. Oh, from totally. beyond the postseason picture, Cleveland obviously didn't see themselves that way. Right. I have to say, I think this is an underwhelming result. Hmm. For Interesting this, for these three players because I think the most likely scenario is the Twins win the division. Yeah. And the Giolito Lopez Moore era in Cleveland is just a footnote. <laughs> the in era. History. Similar length of era for the one in Anaheim. I will say. There is part of me, especially, of course, we, we care about Lucas as a, as a person, as a friend, and, and, and you know, Lopez since they are, you know, combined. Um, the notion that <laughs> Giolito is, could be on three losing teams in one season Amazing. as, like, a good pitcher is a tough... That's like, I mean, this is truly unprecedented in this sense, because this is another, I think, last kind of wrap-up for the Angels portion of this, which is... A lot of discourse yesterday. Oh my God, this is this is a joke. Like they have to change the rules. Why can one team claim all these guys? Well, I think it was not. I know some people in baseball you talked about. <laughs> I don't have to name them. Thought, oh, this isn't a big deal. Like none of these guys are good. I won twenty dollars. <laughs> I'll just quickly share. Not going to name names. Another baseball media person thought that the waiver wire situation was much ado about nothing, mm -hmm. and they said set an over under for guys claimed. Mm -hmm. 
and we can bet on it. And I said four and a half. <laughs> there you go. This person hammered the under, and I'm, there you go. I'm buying lunch. Dominic Leone <laughs> wins you twenty dollars. But so the thing about this though is that people, are, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Why can one team claim all these players? Why why aren't is there a rule that only makes them claim one? Relax. While this is a big deal because this is unprecedented and weird, and these are good players that can't help these teams. We're gonna get to Harrison Bader in a second. You can make that point. Like at the same time, this is and should not be happening very often, if ever again. It okay? is not the reason so, it's news is because it hasn't happened before, <laughs> right. and, and it's probably not gonna happen. We don't again. have to change all the rules. Like this is, I agree that the waiver setup is bizarre. Like yes, but like th- this is not cause for like yes, is it maybe problematic for competitive balance? And but I also actually think when you say it's an underwhelming outcome. I think this is better than somehow the Braves ending up with them. Then people would really be pissed, yeah. right? This is I kind of like a fun, you know, yeah. you know, hail mary for Cleveland to try and catch Minnesota. Which, if you're Minnesota, you're you're not happy about that. But like, whatever, Minnesota, you should be up in by in this division by 25 games. Right. So I don't really want to hear it. And I talked to someone at the PA mm-hmm. about this, and they don't really. I mean, they don't want teams to be tanking, obviously. But the sense I get is that this isn't a bad thing for the players because the players are still getting paid the same amount and they get the opportunity to compete for a team that's going to make the postseason and there are playoff bonuses there. And so player move, it's not, um, it certainly is not priority number one Mm -hmm. for the union. I guess I'll just put it that way. Totally. Let's, let's move forward now and talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Yes. Cincinnati Reds claiming dose outfielders, Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro slash Mike Trout from the (laughs) Angels and Harrison Bader. Dirty Harry from the New York Yankees. Yes. So this is an interesting move. I think that the Reds were certainly a team that when you looked at the waiver or uh, uh, priority order, them and, and Miami and some of those teams, you say, oh, wow, they could really use pitching. You know, they didn't get anybody besides Sam Ball at the deadline. And, and you know, they've had – and Nick Lodolo now out for the season, which is really shitty news. Like, they need arms. If they're going to hang around in this – in this wildcard race, they are going to need arms. And it's very possible that they tried to claim, you know, Lopez and more and maybe Giolito, whatever. But the point is, is this is really more an acknowledgement of something that I talked about, uh, I think, earlier this week, which is that the Reds' offense right now is in a bad place. And while you might look in, at Renfro and Pater and be like, okay, well, how much are those guys going to help? Well, they've been rolling out, you know, Nick Martini recently oh. uh, batting in the middle and he's been playing well right but at dh and kind of corner around field and, and, they, and stirred and even though they've, they've moved you know spencer steer for the most part uh to the outfield he he has now moved back into the infield because matt mcclain's been hurt and they've just been struggling this this mess of of kind of utility guys you know guys like nick senzel Stuart fairshaw tj hopkins like this is if they, they clearly want to stay in it. I know they weren't going to invest big and spend big at the deadlines and trade prospects, but this is a time to get better before September, and I think that they did that here. We're seeing the downside of having so many rookies, I think, yes. with Cincy, where yes. these players who have never played this many games yep. at this intensity level in a season mm-hmm. are starting to wear down a bit as we get closer. Either either in terms of health or in terms of performance. It's right. just... And, and it's fine. It's it's, and again, like the... the Bright future in Cincinnati, obviously. Like, I'm, I, there's still so many reasons to be excited about this team, but I, I do like that they're getting some reinforcements here. And <laughs> you made the point when we were talking before the podcast about Harrison Bader. Well, Hunter Renfro, I've always been a sucker for, for Hunter Renfro. I know yeah. he's on his sixth team in five years, which is wild for somebody of his talent, to, Ed, to honestly. Edwin Jackson, get worried. Now, honestly, right? So, if th- you could be on that many teams before you hit free agency for the first time, that's a right. good start, right? Which he's about to do. That is that is wild. But so these guys can; these are the guys that can can get on some heaters. And I know Bader has really struggled offensively recently, but haven't we okay. seen Harrison yeah. Bader like do something in October? Not that long ago, the same person who was skeptical about the waiver <laughs> wire was like, "These players are getting claimed because they're not that good, uh-huh. right? If they were good, they wouldn't be just open and available." <laughs> and that's true to some extent because <laughs> Otani's not moving. But no, I know, yeah. Are these players needle movers? Mm-hmm. Honestly, no. I don't think any of them are over the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Could one of them get hot and carry you for a week? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Harrison Bader, <laughs> 2022 ALDS, single-handedly, single-handedly burying the Guardians for the Yankees, hitting more home runs in the postseason than he did in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Guys can get hot. Renfro and Bader are both totally capable of that, and they're just extra depth for a team with a lot of injuries. Totally. Let's talk about the biggest news of all. Mm. 
Dominic. Dominic Leone. Uh, Dominic Leone. Wow, what a what a thing. He makes it all the way down to the Mariners in the waiver. That means that we know this is kind of the fun thing about waivers. That means we know he was passed over. We uh, know who's saying nah. We know who's like no thanks. He gets we all know the way who's to swiping the right and left. <laughs> he said they said you know what, Dominic Leone, uh, we don't we don't need you. Uh, Dominic Leone returns to the team that has drafted it that has drafted him. And if any other team had claimed him, I don't think anybody would care. But the team that has turned any reliever into a dynamite reliever, and also the team that drafted him where he debuted in 2014, uh, it's cool. It's cool. And honestly, he has some underlying numbers that are kind of interesting. But if there's anyone that's going to get the most out of him, they obviously are still looking for bullpen depth, kind of backfilling after the Seawall trade. So uh, totally fine. Randall Grichik. Let's talk about that. Ouch. Randall Grichik, who was dealt from Colorado to the Angels at the deadline (sighs) after a really great first half for the Rockies. I feel like he'd probably rather be in Colorado. That's at this the point. thing, dude. Because okay, so quickly, you know, related to Colorado, if there is a place to go be irrelevant and cash a check, oh, it's yeah. Coors Field. Chris Denver, Bryant, it's Denver, shouts out. Just yeah, have a hamstring injury, go for a hike, smoke a bowl. <laughs> We're chilling. You're chilling. Um, and so him again, Southern California is not. I know but... the end of the world, but just it, it has <sighs> to hurt. Yeah, it has to hurt for. 30 teams, I guess 29 teams, to say you can have him for nothing but money and have 29 teams say, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Randall Grichuk, who, again, you know, 121 OPS plus in Colorado, he's hitting, you know, 308, really having a good season. 567 OPS with the Angels, not getting the job done. Tough. So that now, I guess, this is also weird, right? Like, I guess they'll keep playing him, but they have no reason to keep playing him because now they're just going to call up a bunch of kids. Like, I and don't they know. they just indicated that they have no interest in him. Yeah. It's awk sauce, <laughs> it's dude. Very, it's awkward. Very unfortunate. He's 32. He'll hit free agency again. I'm sure he'll you know, be in camp with someone next year. I just That is a tough, that is a tough bounce. Let's move to Chicago, sure. where a weapon isn't the only thing being smuggled into the ballpark in the fat flaps as the White Sox. Have a new general manager in Chris gets fresh blood oh, on the whew. south side. Yeah. Fresh blood in the way that if Finally, like a new, I, a new a new look, new perspective on things. Fresh blood is for Chris Getz is if I took blood from my leg and put it in my arm. It is the same blood in a new place. Chris Getz was what, the director of PD he of was, player he development? Was, he's been the farm director for for quite some time there, of course. Had a, a you know decently lengthy playing career with mostly the Royals, um, but also the White Sox. Chris Getz has been in the White Sox organization for a while now, but that's kind of the whole thing. That's not what White Sox uh, fans wanted to hear. They wanted to hear them going going to find the best person available to lead their front office after they have finally told Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, no mas. Well, Jerry Reinsdorf spoke yesterday in the introduction to uh, Chris Getz as GM. Chris Getz, by the way, just turned 40 years old. I believe he got hired on his birthday. Um, And Chris Getz is now going to be placed in a position where the fans are not going to trust him. No chance. Essentially, no matter what. Because his track record is both covering or supervising... Overseeing a farm system that has been bad and hasn't produced that much, um, and is part of the same apparatus that, of course, has of course ended up in this big mess. Now, here I'm going to give the pause before we get to Jerry Reinsdorf and the things he said. Here's going to be the positive spin. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to be as optimistic as possible because we, we we crushed the White Sox and White Sox fans agree with us, so it's fine. It's not like I, whatever. <laughs> the White Sox are so far behind they don't know anything about spin. Here is here is the hope. Here is the hope for Chris Getz, is that. And this is kind of jumping ahead to what Jerry said. Why did they hire Chris Getz? Jerry says, well, we don't want this to take a long time. We want to get better fast. This was horrible. This is a nightmare. This is terrible. This is embarrassing. This is a disaster. Jerry Reinsdorf said all those things. He's admitting. He's he's clearly understanding what the problem is, right? Or not, maybe not what the problem is, but he knows that things are bad. He thinks Chris Getz also knows what's going on because he's been here, right? And so obviously you say, well, Chris Getz is maybe part of the problem. That's fine. The hope is that Chris Getz, with his perspective, now being in charge, 
can make the decisions that clearly Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams were unwilling to make because they were too stubborn to accept that these guys are the problem. Chris Getz, who maybe has been thinking for the last three, four years, these guys are the problems, but I'm not the one that can tell that we have to get rid of X, Y, and Z. Right. Possibly he will know as as well as anybody that this is what needs to change. That's what you're hoping because when you bring in a new general manager and you have a totally new regime, it takes a long time to get new systems and processes up and running. And that's what Reinsdorf apparently has no patience for. One, because he doesn't want to keep losing and two, because he's 87. And so I understand that but at the same time, what everyone has said about the White Sox for the last few months is you do need a clean house. You do need a restart. Even fans are like, we do need a rebuild, right? You're 87, but you're rich. So you're really like 67. <laughs> right. That's, that's one, way to, one way to think about it. So that that is the hope, is that Chris Getz does understand the problems. And now, in theory, he will be enabled to fix them faster than someone who could come in and do that otherwise. Of course, but there is absolutely no reason to give Jerry Reinsdorf or the White Sox any benefit of the doubt. He walked into his house and he sniffed and it took him a year, which he said. You, you see the quote where he was like, you know, at the very least, it would take anybody a year to figure out what's wrong with the organization. Yeah. Uh, n- no, no. It, would, <laughs> it takes n- this no. podcast about 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So he walked into his house. He took a sniff. He said, ooh, that stinks. Yeah. That stinks a little, but I'm going to keep that around. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I, for, let me say this. It makes rational sense for Jerry Reinsdorf to go to Chris Getz if he wants to win quick before he gets old and super crusty, you know? However, you're not winning for you. You're winning for, this, you're winning for the White Sox fans. You know the, I mean? Yes, that's true. And and White Sox fans said, no, I'm going to feel better about winning anytime soon if we do way more drastic changes than, right. than hiring Chris Getz. Now let's get to some of the Jerry Reinsdorf quotes because we don't get those very often. Some bangers. Um, you want so me to do them in, like a, you want me to do no, in the Jerry Wright no, store? Please do not. You want me to read quotes? Let me do it, Jordy. Here we go. Uh, so hold on. So we have, of course, they ask, okay, well, he explains, you know, if I were a fan, I'd be pissed. We're going to turn things around. Whatever, 2024 20, would not be a rebuild. Here's the, oh, first and foremost, I'm a fan. First and foremost, I'm a fan. I didn't get into this game to make money. I got into it because I love baseball. It was in my blood. Right, so this is more of like the Angelos and John Fisher rhetoric of like, I love baseball. But I am here's the, the shit. Here's the thing, though. I actually believe him more than John Fisher. And Art, like him and Artie Moreno, like th- this is the problem. I do believe they love baseball. I want them to like it less. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I do believe them. But that's the problem, right? Is because they yeah. can't let go. Just buy here's, MLB the show or like, here's OOTV. the money quote. Here's the money quote. Not about money. Jerry Reinsler. <laughs> go, go ahead, Friends of mine have said, why don't you sell? Why don't you get out? My answer has always been, I like what I'm doing, as bad as it is. Oh, and what else would I do? I'm a boring guy. I don't play golf. I don't play bridge. And I want to make it better before I go. Okay. I don't play golf. I don't play bridge. I love a guy who doesn't play, old Jewish guy who doesn't play golf. We yeah, stand. but but I'm sorry, dude. If you want people to be distracted by how old you are. You can't mention bridge. Can't mention bridge. <laughs> you, can't, you can't mention bridge. Because I, I don't guess, play with my stick and hoop. Because <laughs> I can't. I guess. I don't I play canasta. I guess in his, like, maybe he's saying, like, all of my old friends play bridge and I don't. But that's the problem. I don't play bingo. <laughs> I Like, go play bridge, Jerry. <laughs> Go to a beach somewhere. Play, like anyway, okay. I don't do is, shuffleboard. I don't. The, the point is, <laughs> the point is, like that's that's the whole. Why isn't pickleball getting a shout out? Because in that he, he's eighty seven. <laughs> he doesn't have enough lateral mobility for pickleball. That's why. Or, or golf. Or golf, which is fine. But the bridge is anyway. I mean, he could definitely play bridge. I don't play mahjong. <laughs> Rummy. Okay. Anyway, um, I don't watch daytime soap operas. I would love a whole thirty minutes of Jerry Reinsdorf telling us things he doesn't do. Uh, okay. Because he owns a baseball team. Anyway, the point is, is we appreciate the transparency, but it doesn't make us feel any better. That's honestly kind of the summary of the whole takeaway yesterday. And I am not rooting against Chris Getz because I do want to see White Sox fans. Have, and, and but this is what's fascinating. This roster is in a bad place. Bad place. You have a foundational superstar in Luis Robert Jr. That that is yes. at least a place to start. That is a fact. He's some one of the these, best players in baseball. Some of these players should be playing bridge instead. <laughs> yes. If they know what bridge is, which they no shot they do. No way. The point is, is I don't feel much better about the future. By the way, I would super recommend if you want to get the real Red Sox perspective, John Greenberg, incredible piece about this. 
um, on the athletic, which I think really did a good job of summing it up. So I wish, again, I wish James Fagan was still there. Yeah, of, of course, of course. Maybe. I'm just saying, just um, say. it, it is uh, th- that's kind of where we're on the White Sox. So we wish them the best, but yikes. Uh, all right, Jake, uh, should we take let's take a quick break? Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return in Jake's backyard, we're gonna talk about some September call ups. We're gonna talk about Nebraska volleyball. What we're gonna do the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. We are sitting in my parents' backyard. It is a bucolic Friday afternoon. Man, sure is. We are in the same place. Ooh, what's that? What's that? My phone is ringing. Oh. It's a September call-up, Jordan <laughs> oh, Schusterman. Oh, you're getting the call. I'm getting the call. Well, just because the rosters are expanding. No, you're, it, listen, Ooh. you know. If you, were, if you were that good, you would have been up last week. Uh, but instead, those two extra spots, one of them is going to you, my friend. September call-ups are not what they used to be. You know, Thank God. Several years ago, it was like, you want all 40 guys in the dugout? Have at it. Um, which came with its quirks, and we yeah. enjoyed that too because we enjoy all silly baseball things. And then Gabe Kapler became a big league manager, and MLB <laughs> like, said, no mas. We can't have you know 17 pitchers a game. So uh, teams only get two extra spots. But that is still uh, more room for prospects, especially for teams that are no longer in contention. And so we have a, a nice, a fun wave of September call-ups that we're very excited to talk about. Let's and, begin yeah. with Jason Dominguez. The oh, New sure. York Yankees have been butt. They, they sure have. are going to finish under 500 probably for the first time since 1992. Anthony Volpe doing all he can to... Uh, they, they were... Very close to a mop of the Tigers, a road mop yesterday of the Tigers, but they couldn't clinch it out. They they lose an extra to Detroit, but they you know you know Detroit or, or the Yankees have, have suddenly become a little bit more interesting to watch because they of course Volpe's been playing all year, but they call up Pereira, we're seeing Peraza, and now they call up Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, uh, one of their top picks from a couple years ago. Let's talk about Dominguez because Dominguez is the headliner. Dominguez, Very famous. So yeah, I I'll do the background and sure. you can talk about the player he is now. Sure. So Jason Dominguez signs as the top international free agent in 2019, 2018. I think it was 18. 2018. Mm-hmm. He gets like $5 million, $6 million for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He's like the greatest amateur prospect out of the Dominican that anybody has ever seen, ever. Mm-hmm. He's a physical freak. He looks like he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He's actually 16. I'm not mm-hmm. doing the age gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. But he's ripped, he's huge, he's built out in a way that a lot of those kids at that age are not. That offers promise. It also offers some concern about how he's going to grow up, how his body's going to change as he gets older. Yes. That being said, he's hitting the absolute snot out of the ball yes. at age 16. He immediately, in part because the Yankees signed him, gets outrageously famous. Oh, yeah. His, uh, his cards start selling for outrageous sums of money. Oh, yeah. And he becomes easily the best-known prospect in baseball, yes, that's so. That's so. That's twenty. You were right. Twenty nineteen. And what's relevant about that is okay. So the hype's going, going bananas. Uh, and then there was this pandemic thing that happened. And so when that happens, there's no baseball for Jason Dominguez, the most hyped international prospect in years, for him to play. Finally, in twenty twenty one, when minor league baseball resumes, he goes to Tampa as an eighteen year old, still is one of the youngest players in the league in low A, and is like, okay, he's fine. It's like, oh, pretty good, pretty good for his age. But like, he's not. The numbers are not crazy. And at that point. People are like, hey, what the hell? I thought this guy was, you know, Dominican Mickey Mantle. Like, what the fuck? You know, I want my money back. I, I just bought this card for like $7 million, and this guy has a 744 OPS in Tampa. And it's like, okay, well, this is the problem, right? I mean, prospect being a baseball player is hard, and the expectations are absurd. And by the way, him doing that already in Tampa, I remember being like, okay, sure, the hype is out of control. Is this disappointing? <laughs> Look at some of the rest of his class. Like, Sometimes when these guys get four or five million dollars, they suck so fast that you don't so even hard. you don't even seven forty four OPS and A ball. You're dreaming of that. But Dominguez was fine. He held his own, and then last season it really started to come together. He goes to A ball. He makes it up to Double A, and you're starting to see the tools. And the numbers are are good, not great, 
but you know he steals 37 bags you know he's only has 16 home runs but that that kind of mature baseball ability from just like this bowling ball physique switch hitter you know center fielder is all starting to come together and then this year the numbers really start to take off and while he is not the best prospect in baseball he is really 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 good and this is still a fantastic we'll see what his big league career becomes but for him to even get to this point and make the big leagues at age 20 is an outstanding outcome it's a win absolute win we'll see we'll see what happens with him um yuri perez is the only player younger than him in the big leagues right now so allow that to be a yuri perez uh, (laughs) moment of appreciation but he is the second player born in 2003 to reach the big leagues after yuri perez and now i'm just excited to watch him like he that he will get people to come to Yankee Stadium in this final month, without a doubt. Yes. Like I would be, if I was a Yankees fan, I would be trying to go uh, watch him as, as soon as possible. Quick thing on him, Jordan. When I was a kid, I frequently misspelled desert and dessert. <laughs> and uh, my first grade teacher told me, you want more dessert. It has an extra S. Mm-hmm. And that means Jason that applies. is a dessert. That applies. You want more Jason. Uh, Austin Wells, the Yankees' first-round pick, um, back in 2020, in the 2020 draft, another 2020 draft uh, debut coming this season. He is, you know, I again, he gets got the Kyle Schwarber comps because he was a catcher who maybe couldn't catch big power from the left side. And, you know, we'll see how how his defense kind of develops as he moves up. Will his bat be too uh, far ahead of his glove? But he's they've kept him a catcher. I hope they let him catch in the big leagues this month. He should be catching as much as possible. And this is the kind of left-handed hitter that they have so desperately needed recently. And I think he will be hitting multiple home runs uh, into the short or, you know, beyond the short porch in this final month and certainly years to come. But yeah, I mean, this is now I'm excited to watch the Yankees. Truly. Doesn't mean they're going to be great next year. Doesn't mean all these guys are going to be good, but like they have been so unwatchable for the last two months. And now I'm like, all right, I'll tune in. One more former Yankee top prospect, Josh Donaldson's son. Donaldson. Is it S-E-N? S-O-N. Josh S-O-N, Donaldson. Yep. Jettisoned. It's one of my favorite words. Jettisoned by the Yankees. Released. Picked up by the Milwaukee Brewers one day before the deadline to make him eligible for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson was not hurt. I'm just going to go out and say it. <laughs> well, he was for a little bit. He was hurt. He was real hurt. He for certainly a bit. wasn't 60 day IL hurt. So being around the Yankees, I mean, you have Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton like limping around the clubhouse <laughs> with their enormous legs playing through it. And then you have Josh Donaldson on the 60 day just bopping around. And so the Yankees have the exit velos up on the scoreboard during mm-hmm. batting practice mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And so you get a really good sense for guys' power. How guys are feeling, yeah. And Donaldson, while on the 60-day IL, oh, is yes. out there just <laughs> ripping it 112, you know? And I understand that it's a calf thing, and mm-hmm. so it, it's hard for him to run. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. He's going to play with the Brewers. I think he'll be bad. I think he'll hit yeah. a couple home runs and strike out a lot and won't be on their postseason run. Yeah, I think it says a couple things. First of all, he he's not... He's reporting to AAA Nashville, so it's not like they're plugging him into bat cleanup right away. So he is going to have to, I guess, in theory, earn his way. I know he hasn't played baseball for a little while here. I think really what this is, just reminds us is something I just wrote about at Fox this week, um, kind of checking in on the Brewers. It's just like this offense just still isn't very good. And I know they just went on a nine-game winning streak, but you saw how the offense kind of showed up in Wrigley those last two games. They're looking for anything. And and, and in theory, like it, it is almost as simple as, oh, there's someone that can hit a ball 112 available. Okay, like let's give it a shot. Yep. I agree with you. I, I would be surprised if he really makes that big of an impact, but I think he's going to get a chance because they're just looking for anything. Um, and that is, uh, that, you know, again, they might win the division anyway, but I, I wasn't shocked to see them kind of be the landing spot there. All right. Good, bad, ugly? Uh, Ronnie Mauricio quickly. Oh, yeah. Ronnie Mauricio, I'm also very excited about. What, this is a, what he, baseball team? Here's a funny, he's on the New York Mets. Thank a you. A very interesting uh, sequence of events. News comes out that they're calling up Ronnie Mauricio, one of their top prospects, switch hitting Dominican shortstop, who's been killing it in AAA. And then the next news is that they fired their farm director, <laughs> which made it look like, whoa, what the hell? You call up Ryan Mauricio? Like, we no, we can't do that. He's still working on his defense. You're fired, <laughs> which obviously is not what happened. But um, cool to see him finally get the call. Of course, you know, Alvarez and, and Beatty and Vientos have already been up, and, and Alvarez has been awesome. Beatty and Vientos have been disappointing. The thing with Mauricio to know is 
it is again in terms of tools. There's there have been a lot like him. He's also like Dominguez has been very famous since he was you know 14, uh, 15 coming up in the DR when he first signed, and it's just been really what it is is. You know, you got the switch hitting power from both sides. He can play shortstop, play third base. It's just kind of a, a a wild and wacky approach is really the simple thing. And he doesn't walk a lot and he strikes out a ton. But the raw ability is there that he's still putting up, you know, wild numbers. I believe he's, you know, gone 20-20 in the minors. And it's he's he's a very physically talented player. You, you're going to see him have some bad at-bats. But this guy was the... MVP of the Dominican Winter League this past year on the same team as Eli De La Cruz. He played the whole way. He won the championship with with Lisey, and the kind of the mature uh, to to hit down there is very hard. And he put up real numbers down there, which is very difficult to do in the Winter League. Not not to mention for someone who's only 21. So I'm excited to watch this guy again. Same thing with the, with the Yankees guys. Makes me excited to watch the Mets, and that has not been true for several months. No, uh, you're still not there. Yeah, I need another prospect <laughs> if I'm going to turn on the Mets. That's fine. Uh, so we'll, we, we will see that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see Mauricio. All right, let's get to good, bad, and ugly. Jordan, I love the good, the bad, and the ugly. So do I. So why don't you start us off? What's good? Uh, what's good is the baseball game that happened last night between the Braves oh, and Dodgers. God. So Braves, good, dude. Braves hanging on 8-7. This is first of all, first of a four game set. What what an opportunity! If I, obviously if the Braves mop, oh my god! But that I, I would I would bet highly against that. Uh, Ronald Acuna hits his thirtieth home run. It's a grand slam. Mookie Betts hits two more home runs. It was, it was close late. Uh, just an incredible game. And it's one of those things. Was of course postseason preview, postseason preview, whatever. And it's almost like I I both love it, and that's why it's in my good. And I'm also like. Save it, guys! Like I want this game to happen in October, yeah. and I hope it does. We'll see. We'll see. These two; these are the two best teams. So, yeah, I mean, I think you watched this game a little bit more closely. So it was, it was so great, good. It was a great game. I mean, you had Ronald homering, and then the camera pan oh, to Freddie. That was exquisite work. You had two homers from Mookie, and they're both so aware of the MVP stuff, right? Oh yeah, they know. And this was two juggernaut baseball teams going blow for blow. I would love to watch a seven-game series between them. Oh, it yeah. would be just electric. I would like to say a quick note here about the MVP conversation. Sure. And I saw a lot of discourse about how what Acuna is doing is somewhat less impressive because of the rule changes. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I think that's true. If that's the point you're making, instead of, wow, look at this guy, <laughs> just rethink the reason you watch baseball. Well, right? I yeah. get it. It is part of the conversation, <laughs> and it is important to understand. Mm-hmm. Point one, holy shit, Ronald Acuna. <laughs> yeah, there that, that that's really should be the, the first point. Also, it's like he's going to end up at 70, 80 steals, whatever. Fine, you want to subtract 15, 20 steals from him? Go ahead. It's still one of the greatest seasons of all time. Correct. So I don't really like it is true. We see power speed across the league, all kinds of 2020 seasons, 2030 seasons that are certainly uh, you know popping up. The first thing is great. I don't care why it's happening. It's more fun to watch. Yeah. It is making baseball more entertaining. That is all that matters. And uh, first of all, and, and the fact that Mookie's even making it a conversation is an unbelievable achievement. My good is related to this. Okay, there one of I think it's maybe my favorite baseball group ever is the 300-300 group. Oh yes, three hundred home runs, three hundred steals. It is a very odd group. Mm-hmm. It is both Barry and Bobby Bonds, Carlos Beltran. Is in there, Alex Rodriguez, Reggie Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Finley. It's a fun group. Okay, only eight guys. Because of the new rules, I think we will be getting some more additions to that group over the coming years. Mm-hmm. For perspective, Mookie Betts only has 168 steals. He is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. He probably will not get the 300. Yeah, even with the new rules, it is, he doesn't. He doesn't go enough. He could if he wanted to. I mean, Mookie's an interesting one because. He's always liable to just decide to try and do something. That is true. But <laughs> which, which he did with second base. Yes. And and of course, yeah. He's almost too good of a hitter to risk running that much, though. And I I'm sure he knows that. But I can't imagine him basically doubling his output. Right. But I would like to briefly... I mean, Acuna is the obvious one, right? Oh, I yeah. think Julio. he's probably... I mean, I... Uh, I mean, you never want to say anybody's a shoe-in. Acuna is 25. <laughs> he's, he's a shoe-in. He's twenty five. If he's healthy, I mean him, him and Julio and Bobby Witt, like yeah. the, their paces there on are, yeah. are absurd. Acuna is twenty five. He has one hundred and fifty home runs exactly, and he has one hundred and sixty nine steals. So he's halfway there <laughs> after playing six seasons, really five seasons between the pandemic and I mean, his with the new exploding. rules. He could get there before he's thirty. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but the one I really want to highlight is Jose Ramirez. Yeah, who for half of his career, most of his career, 
you know, will have played with the old rules. He sure. is now at 213 home runs mm-hmm. and 196 steals. And so he is 30 years old, and I think he has a really good shot oh, of getting there. Absolutely. He'd be a, a great, great guy. Yeah, no, I, I love that one. And he'll, he'll um, right, because he's going he's gonna to start. Like, so this year he has 22 steals. He has 130 steal season. So he could get to 30 this year, too, for only the second time in his career. And I would expect that to continue as long as he is healthy, uh, much to the dismay of his helmet. Uh, let us move on to the bad. Uh, what, is, what is your bad? What's your bad this week? My bad? Yeah, what's your bad? Jordan, it is September 1st. What does that mean? One, it's my parents' anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Two, it's Jacob Dorn's birthday, who we went JD, to middle school Jacob with. Jacob Dorn. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday, Jacob Dorn. Three, I got to pay rent. September yeah. 1st. I pay auto pay, man. It's all about the auto pay. I don't thing. like auto pay. I like, right. okay, I like, like feeling like I okay. pay my rent. All right, yeah. And then four is to be on a postseason roster, <laughs> you need to be within a big league team's organization today. Yes. If you are not, then you are not allowed you blew to it. play. You blew it. If you if they were to if the uh, Reds signed you tomorrow, you couldn't I play couldn't. in October. Yeah. When they win the division, I Correct. won't be able to be a part of it. Do you know who's a free agent right now? Terrence Gore. Terrence Gore, the greatest pinch <sighs> running base stealer of the last you oh. know 20 years. Making me so this sad. Was a, I saw this a tweet via a friend of the show, Laura Albanese. Oh. Terrence Gore is a free agent on September 1st. He will not be appearing in the postseason this year for any team. He did last year. I was he on the sure Mets. Last year. It is so bad that with our new rules, with the emphasis on stealing, there was no space for Terrence Gore. That's bad. That is bad. However, you do know that the Rays signed Billy Hamilton. Yesterday? Two days ago. Love it. That is good. <laughs> so that is the the very, very uh, slight uh, consolation. What do you think the meeting was like internally with the Rays? Were they like, all right, Gore or Hamilton? Right, right. We can only <laughs> sign one. I mean, honestly, that tells me that Terrence Gore isn't like, has he played? A well, I game asked this him year? this last year when he was with the Mets in the clubhouse. I was like, what do you do until June? He's like, I just kind of, che-. he's like, I'm working out. <laughs> He's not played, I believe, this year at all. Yeah. That just makes me think that he's... Lost a step, maybe. He's, no, 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 no. Not that. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's slowed down. I mean, he's 32. I just have a feeling he yeah, hasn't played a game this year. So, um, that is still bad, though. I agree. But but, but Billy Hamilton for the race. Just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm putting that on your radar. Okay. That did happen in time. Uh, my bad this week is also maybe ugly-worthy. It is Zach Granke. This makes me sad. Whoa. I had a phone call with... Uh, Jake Eisenberg the other day did a lot of great Royals chat. Love Jake Eisenberg. Uh, maybe we'll have him on the pod sometime to talk about the Royals. Probably not because the Royals are terrible. irrelevant. <laughs> but hey, hey, uh, bosses at SiriusXM. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> up listenership by only talking about the Royals. This is now a Royals pod. So last year we had Paolo Spino uh, going for the record for most innings in a season without a win, and I just want to say that Zach Granke is with his next start with Kansas City will move into second all time for most starts in a season with one win. And he's only has one win this season. And the problem with Zach Greinke is he hasn't even really been getting to go five innings. But the reason I bring this up is because the guy that he is behind is a gentleman named Jack Neighbors. And I promise you, nobody will ever break Jack Neighbors' record. And Jack Neighbors is worthy of a whole, you know, dead ball Mad Libs and everything. But Jack Neighbors went 1-20 for the worst team in the history of baseball, the 1916 Philadelphia A's, who went 36-117 and and won. One tie there. And I just wanted to say that Zach Granke managing to do this, like, I mean, we've talked about Wainwright. And how he's, you know, struggling to get to 200 wins for a Cardinals team that has been such a disaster in his final year. But, like, the bad is really a sad for Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke's having a similar season as Wainwright in a similar context, and nobody cares. Like, nobody's even sniffing, mentioning the fact that he's having this year. And it, it I disagree. Sad. Do you think it's a good thing that nobody's noticing, and now I'm being a, a shithead for even bringing it up? No. What does Zach Granke... He doesn't want attention. Bingo. <laughs> Zach Granke does not want to be noticed. He uh, is in nirvana yeah. that he is having a crappy season that no one is paying attention to. <laughs> That's true. I just like, I hope... It's weird. It's like, I hope he comes back and get... But you're right. I guess yeah. this is how he would prefer it. So my Ugla, remember we do Ugla, anything related to Dan Ugla, mm-hmm. is also Royals related, but I'm going to have you go first, Jordan, because mine involves some show and tell. Okay, great. Uh, my Ugla this week 
is a topic that we've already uh, prepared here. It is not baseball related, but it is very ugly in, in its nature. And that is the University of Nebraska women's volleyball team. Why, Hell yeah. Why are we talking about this? They made history, Jake Mintz. Yes. Nebraska organized a volleyball match. And it's part of like a whole volleyball celebration. Which volleyball day. Volleyball day. Because volleyball is a huge deal in Nebraska. And they set a world record. Or what is an expected world record for the highest attendance of a women's sporting event in human history. Recorded history, at least. This is so freaking cool for a few reasons. First of all, the spectacle, the visual of seeing a volleyball match in a college football stadium in a, on a beautiful night in Lincoln oh. is all the pictures, videos, can't get enough. I really like volleyball. I think it is an underrated sport. Is it like softball? I think it is going to come up in, in popularity over the next decade. I think it's great on television and all these things. But this was an unbelievable effort, a group effort. And the reason I bring this up on Uglo is because we, we want to talk about this just, just to wrap our minds around 93,000 people at a sporting event. Right. Because that's not a thing that we have in baseball possible, right? Yeah. And so really what I want to talk about, maybe this is what you want to talk about too, is Will we ever see 100,000 people at a baseball game in our lifetime? We have seen it. We have seen it. It has happened in our lifetime. Okay. In 2008, okay. the Red Sox and Dodgers played a preseason game at the LA Coliseum that had 115,000 people. In 2008? Yes. I don't know how I didn't know this. This is the <laughs> no. year after the Red Sox won the World Series. Okay. This is like right before Manny Wood, right? This is Yeah, yeah. I got to look up pictures. Okay. Spring training. They it's Red crazy. Sox. Red Sox Dodgers <laughs> went to the LA Coliseum. Went to the LA Coliseum. Okay. And played a game in the LA Coliseum in front of 115,000 people when the Dodgers first moved to LA, they played in the Coliseum and drew like 92,000 for okay. World Series games. Okay. Now I'm looking at the pictures. The pictures are crazy. Um, but this set me down a little rabbit hole the other day yeah. when I was looking this up, and I would like to bring up a very offensive term from baseball's past that I found. It's pretty nuts, and I apologize uh, if I insult anybody here. All right, okay, ready. so the Dodgers move from Brooklyn. They sure do. And they go Wait, to, what? Yeah, I don't know if you're, Jerry Reinsdorf is still <laughs> crying about it. Uh, they move from Brooklyn. They go to uh, LA Coliseum until they build Dodger Stadium. And this is from the Wikipedia page. Ready? In order to shoehorn even an approximation of a baseball field onto the playing surface, <laughs> the left field fence was set at only 251 feet from the plate. This seemed, That's what it looks like. I know. This <laughs> seemed likely to ensure that there would be many, quote, Chinese home runs. <laughs> what is that? As such short shots were called at the time. Jordan, this is obviously an outdated term. I don't even know Because what it, it is means. insanely offensive. <laughs> insanely offensive. Sports writers began joking, jokingly referring to the improvised park as O'Malley's Chinese Theater. Okay, but why? Apparently, a Chinese home run. Oh, this is like the fifties and sixties. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Is it? This is. A, there's a Wikipedia page oh for this. Oh my god! Is it a derogatory and archaic baseball term for a hit that just barely clears the outfield fence at its closest distance to home plate? I'm not going to dig into why. Outrageously outdated and offensive. Also, just the term derogatory baseball term is like not something we should be dealing with. Also, had they just never heard the term wall scraper? Apparently, they hadn't <laughs> had it yet. Wall scraper is an amazing term. Anyway, taking the Nebra amazingness of the Nebraska women's oh volleyball game to the offensiveness of a that wall scraping home run. Setting to say the least. Anyway, the point is, is uh, I love that this happened. I love. I mean, world anything world record related. Like this is a world records. Like oh, you know, <laughs> most I juggled twenty eight <laughs> eggs. Most pieces of toast balanced on my nose while watching a Diamondbacks game. <laughs> like I, I perfume has that one <laughs> exactly. I, think. I appreciate that, but like this is a this is a a full throated world freaking record, which we love to see. Anyway. Um, okay, Jake, what is your ugly? We are, again, sitting in your backyard. We, we have videos. So maybe we'll clip this, but I understand you have some show and tell for me. I have some show and tell. So the other <laughs> night, I was cleaning out some things in my apartment. Okay. And I found this, Jordan. This is always a good word to say on a podcast. What I am holding <laughs> in my hand is a bottle of champagne from the 2015 World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. There you go. We were calling the Royals irrelevant. They, they they are making another appearance here on this podcast. When teams win the World Series, they have bottles of champagne. 
that they make for them, that they have special labels. Now, technically, this is actually not champagne. I know that because I'm a foofy bitch. Okay. And I went to Champagne, France this year. And if it's not made in Champagne, France, you can't call it champagne. Whoa. So this is technically Championship Brut, limited edition. Uh, I want to get rid of this because I don't want it clogging up my apartment anymore. Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to open it mm. for our Ugla. All it right. is we're celebrating the 2015 Royals on yeah. September 1st, 2023. Sure, the Royals <laughs> might be careening towards their worst record in franchise history. Yeah. But we can always we can always appreciate the good times. Yes. Uh my lovely wife because I got married. Well, that's Daily the other thing. Here. Oh yeah, we, we have we, we have a lot hosting. We have a lot to celebrate here, right? We've got I know how to open a bottle of champagne, <laughs> Bailey. You know, you got married, I got engaged, the Royals won the 2015 World <laughs> Series. The other thing I learned about Champagne Jordan is you actually really want to drink champagne pretty quickly after it's bottled. You don't want to let it sit. It is not like uh, a bottle of red wine oh, okay. where you want it to, you know, sit. Do you want me to hold your mic? How do I'm you want good. to do this? I'm good. Uh, I'm now going to open this very old bottle of champagne. Here yeah. we go. Here's the sound. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> That was so dinky and unenthusiastic. Okay, the champagne is open. All Let's right, take a sip. It. Here we go. Drinking on a Friday morning. morning. Drinking on a Friday morning. Ray Priya Goffin. The color <laughs> is not ideal. It does not smell good. It has gone really bad, but we're gonna we're gonna cheers it. <laughs> this is the cork is absolutely Oh, it's terrible. The cork is small. It's probably not fizzy at all anymore. Cheers oh. to, to Baseball Barbacast, <laughs> Jordan you. and Bailey, Jake and Tamar, and of course, Jordan, the 2015 Kansas City Royals. That is disgusting. Horrible. Thank you for listening. You oh. can email us at baseballbarbacast, <laughs> that's B-A-R-B-Cast at gmail.com. Thank you to Chris Tyler for producing. Rate and review. We are Subscribe. Going to, we are going to be back. Oh. So bad. That's so bad. Definitely the earliest I've had even fake champagne. <laughs> um, it's terrible. Um, on Monday, which yeah. is Labor Day, we, we will not be laboring. We will not be. We are going to labor as soon as we're done recording this podcast. We are going to be recording a mailbag special. Already have so many amazing emails. Excited to get to those. So Monday, you will be hearing a mailbag special. You will not be hearing us live. So anything that happens this weekend, we will address next Wednesday. But until then, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Go Royals. Christian Cologne, this is for you. Serious XM Podcasts. <laughs>